Discovery's four computers now have primary control of critical vehicle functions. Three, two, one, zero, zero, Hello world! Welcome to the Gadget Cast. Usually I try and prepare something to say, but I have no clue what the heck I'm gonna be talking about today. But I'm here with my buddy Travis MCP. And uh we messed up the Space intro. Space travel. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, and you didn't That's even it? have I Justine, so you dub you tripled. You just I just fumbled. say space travel. There we go. That's close enough. Anyway, <laughs> Gadget Cast is back. Uh, you couldn't keep us away because we keep getting new sponsors every week. Who's the sponsor this week there, Greggy? Well, after the uh, Taco Bell ordeal and uh, all the pain and suffering that has caused our listeners who went out and got the $10 taco pass and uh, all the DMs I received of people eating a taco every day, uh, sad to say some of them didn't make it and uh, they mm. will not be joining us on this gadget cast. Listen, uh, I thought today we would talk about a subject that is near and dear to my heart, and that is chicken sandwiches. And I just want to say that, uh, you know, Exhibit A over here, uh, the spicy, crispy chicken sandwich from Subway is an abomination. And Subway has no business making a chicken sandwich. I didn't know they did. I was literally at Subway like this morning. Oh, you were at Subway this morning. For what? Yeah. What are you doing at Subway? For a breakfast sandwich. Oh, I love breakfast oh, 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 oh. that might have been the worst answer I could have heard. Subway does Wait, breakfast what? sandwiches? Yeah, so they have uh, egg and cheese, or uh, sorry, sausage egg, or not sausage, sorry, steak and egg, Ooh. which is really good, but that's Ooh. not what I got. I made my own. What is wrong with you, Greg? A Subway breakfast sandwich? I can't think of anything worse. I don't know. I might have to find a new co-host after this. Look, you eat look, Subway in fairness, breakfast sandwiches? Hold on. Okay, hold on for a second, Greg. First of all, I am from the East Coast, and I happen to know yeah. that there's some incredible mm-hmm. breakfast uh, sandwiches on the East Coast. Little little delis, little this, That's that, and right. the others, little hole in the walls. Where I live, that doesn't exist, right? So you pretty much just have to go to wherever you can go to get a damn breakfast sandwich. They don't have Wawa's out here. They don't have Dunkin' Donuts. They don't have the little mamas and papas, uh, little uh, delis and stuff that you have. We don't have that. So let me try to be great by getting what I can get. No. <laughs> Terrible. This is Terrible. pain. It's pain and suffering. I can't see you live like this. I can't. I can't picture going to Subway for... Anything, let alone a breakfast sandwich. I just feel like that I, has got to be complete misery. I just, listen, you get used to it after a while because they don't, oh. once upon a time, listen, back when I lived on the East Coast, when I was from Delaware, actually, there was this uh, little hole in the wall place where I could get a Philly cheesesteak. And, you know, when you live on the East Coast, close to Pennsylvania, the Philly cheesesteaks taste good, but they don't taste as good as Philly, but at least they taste really good. Out here, they try to be too fancy with it. You don't really get a cheesesteak kind of like. I mean, the the thing, the closest thing I would say is we have a Charlie's. I don't know if you have, you know, what those are Charlie's cheesesteaks place. Usually in a mall. Yeah, yeah, we have that. That's the closest thing we have because I'm I'm in Seattle. I'm so far away from from Philly that there's nothing even close to it, and there are no real hole. I, mean, I shouldn't say that there are none. There are a couple, but there's very few hole in the wall. Places and I used to say when I was on the East Coast, you know, food is good if you go to a hole in wall because it has to be yeah. because no one's gonna go to a hole in wall to eat unless the food is good. 
if but a place has the been there for 30 years and you walk yes. in and you're like, how is this place in business? You know it's good because why the, why the heck are people going there in the first place when it's so dirty and run down? But somehow they're still afloat and they're making a killing because there's like a line out the door, too. And it's yep. like a small little place. I feel for you living uh, over there and not having mm. a delicious breakfast sandwich every morning. I think I might have to try a Subway breakfast sandwich just to like see what the experience is. You know, what like would people want to watch that? I should put that on like my Twitter. I'll go to Subway. We'll get we'll like live stream me ordering a Subway breakfast sandwich. And uh, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I didn't even know Subway made breakfast sandwiches. That's the worst part. Yeah. I, I can't remember the last have... time I had Subway. No, I always get like, so when I go, I usually get like a tuna sandwich or the, actually the meatballs are really good. But again, they're not going to be as good as a meatball sandwich from the East Coast. So it's not fair. It's almost like you saying, well, I went and got some coffee from Dunkin' Donuts and I would laugh at you because I live in Seattle where coffee is everywhere of any kind. And our coffee is going to smoke the whatever it is you're drinking ever tar that you're well, drinking no, over there. Uh, so uh, it is what it is. Uh, mm. Number one. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> number one. Uh, look at this. Uh, it says Seattle. And I make my own espresso. I make my own coffee. And we have good coffee shops over here, to be fair. I haven't I'm sure you have okay. You think you do because that's what you're used to, much like the same situation with me. It's like I'm kind of used to this. Uh, Jessica Simpson verified this actual meat in the meatball. Is, is Jessica Simpson is she like a person who's trying to do something like that? I don't know. I haven't been paying attention to her. Well, Lots of funny All I want to say chat. is that I feel like there's too many chicken sandwiches. I think Subway uh, shouldn't be in the chicken sandwich game. I think that's one step too far for them. I agree with and, that. Uh, I agree with that. Know, we I got that. we got we got Popeye's chicken sandwich. That's probably the best one. It's um, pretty good. And what's the second best? Jollibee makes a pretty good chicken sandwich. You ever have Jollibee? Jollibee's out here. Um, I don't know if I've ever had their chicken. Try their sandwich chicken before. sandwich. It's really really good. I will. I'll give it a shot. Um, and then who's third? I got to give a third, and then I don't know who would be third. People say the Burger King chicken sandwich is good. It's not. I feel like I like the original chicken sandwich. That actually oh, is like one that? of my favorite. No, that longer no, one. No, I like that. Here one. we are again. Now we talked about this last week that we would have a fast food podcast. I think we could really have a fast food podcast, Greg. I really think we could. And I think yeah. I know the date that we should at least test that theory out with a particular person who could join us from that as well. Yeah. Just throwing that out there between me and you. But yeah, I no, I, I the see, chicken sandwiches said, from there. You don't think it's good? You don't like the Burger King chicken? The original, it's called the original chicken sandwich. Nah, I I feel like I've outgrown that. That's like a <laughs> younger thing. <laughs> There's so many better chicken sandwiches that I wouldn't want to go to Burger King, to be honest. They they tried to like make one like a Popeye's one, and it's like a clone of it, yeah. but it's just not good. It's yeah, not the that's same. true. You are, tr you are right about that. That thing is terrible. I don't know yeah. what they were thinking. I haven't had that long one in a very long time. I, again, I, I might like have to one. revisit that. Uh, but I, 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 the last one I got from there was like, all right, why are you guys even bothering? <laughs> Someone says Chick-fil-A is good. I'm not a big Chick-fil-A fan. I got to be honest. And people it's get okay. upset when I say that. You know what my problem with Chick-fil-A is? It's like hmm. too popular. And there's always like a line <laughs> out the door. Yes. And it's not that good to, be, to yeah. wait in a line. I'm not waiting you know what? in a giant line for fast food. Do you know why it's popular though? And I've said this from the, the start. Um, it's not that their chicken is great. 
It's that their sauces are. And mm. proof, proof's in a pudding. You can actually buy the Chick-fil-A sauce and some of the other sauces from Amazon, which I have done over the last couple of months. And it pretty much makes any chicken that you have a Chick-fil-A sandwich. <laughs> because the reality is their chicken's only so good, but their sauce is ridiculously good. I'd have to try that. Get the uh, Chick-fil-A sauce, mix it in a Popeye's, and uh, maybe that's good. But Popeye's has good sauce, too. I don't know. People died over the Popeye sandwich, so it's the best to me. Yeah, you know, no is... one's died over Chick Fil A. I'm sorry, but people have died over Popeyes, and yeah. that is default the best chicken sandwich. If you're dying for a chicken sandwich, it's good. Greg, we we have to do a fast food podcast at this point now. I'm really well. We're certainly like not going to do a tech podcast in about uh, <laughs> about uh, two months. I don't know. <laughs> No, dude. All right, let's get into some stuff because while I actually could do this for the entire hour, I'm pretty sure at some point uh, people are going to get upset. Does Popeye sandwich have the new M1 processor? <laughs> yes, the Popeye sandwich does have an M1 in it. It's very energy efficient. <laughs> okay. All right, let's real quick talk about uh, iMessage in the news. Of course, if you've been paying attention, I actually did kind of a video on this. Um, the green versus blue bubble thing. I, I did a bubble. I actually did a video about this a long time ago when you and I uh, exposed uh, what's his name. Uh, <laughs> Who do you we know, expose? I don't know. What's his, what's his name? Uh, Lou on box oh, therapy. Oh yeah. On the on the case thing. But I mentioned in there not that this part has nothing to do with Lou about like people bullying people for the blue green bubble thing. It was like two years ago when we did that, and. Um, you know, it's still ongoing, but that's because the reason why it's come back up again is there's some type of article or something, uh, I think in the New York Post or some something, <clears throat> where they were basically saying that, it, you know, it's the societal thing. And if you're paying attention to high schools, this is very true. Like, domin and in the United States, uh, iPhones dominate, uh, uh, you know, in high schools. I actually, the video I just talked about that I did like two days ago, some of the statistics I read were up to 90% of high schoolers are, are iPhone users, which is kind of crazy. Um, but there's a lot of bullying and stuff. And what's interesting from the adult standpoint, I've had a couple people tell me, one in the comments and one on Twitter, that people will, women have refused to date them because they have a green bubble. Like they found out they had a green bubble and they wouldn't date them, which is insane. Um, so let's talk about that. And then we'll talk about what Google said uh, in a minute, because uh, that was ridiculous. But let, let's, talk, let's start there. Uh, the green versus blue bubble thing. Do you find yourself cringing at all when you see a green bubble come up in your in your messages? Or do you, does it, it's the same to you? Uh, I wouldn't say be I cringe. Honest. No, I'll be, be honest. honest. I wouldn't say I cringe because right. uh, one of my friends uh, who contacts me a lot has an Android phone. And it's not that I cringe. Like It's just that I know how SMS works. And I know there are times where you'll like send a message and it'll just be like hung up there for a while and not sending or someone will say they never received it or uh, any sort of photo or video sharing is basically like a no-go because the quality is just such awfulness that mm -hmm. uh, it's not that I'm not like, I'm not going to be your friend, but maybe there are times where it's like, normally I would share a video with someone and I'm not necessarily going to share it with him if it's not in like a link on YouTube already. Like if I have like right. a funny video that I made and I send it to like one of my friends or something like that, if they have iMessage, I know to just send that off it and get that ready. But if it's on like SMS, cause uh, my sister uses Android too. It's like, sometimes I just don't share all that stuff with them. Cause I just know how much of a hassle it is. And I don't want to go through that extra hassle. 
Yeah. No, I um, I think it depends because if I'm just having a quick conversation with someone, I don't really care. But if they're in a group text, it's a hot mess. Yes. Um, like that's terrible. Uh, if you are kind of going back and forth with someone and you want to be able to do some quick emojis or whatever, that's kind of a bit of a mess. Um, so, you know, from the perspective of usability, it can be an issue. Now, um, uh, the big thing on Twitter and, and the like is that, oh, you know, they should just adopt RCS. And then there was a call out by the, one of the, one of the executives of Google talking about how, um, what was it that Apple was profiting off of bullying or something silly like that, yes. which is one of the most cringe and hilarious comments I've ever seen from an executive. I can't even believe he really believes that because that is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever heard. Um, I, I don't even know if I want to like go into detail because it should be obvious why that's ridiculous. But regardless, what do you think about <clears throat> Apple not jumping <laughs> i mean first of all i don't feel like they even need why would you bother why do you what do you think about apple not necessarily uh embracing rcs or should they em embrace rcs so that the the android side of the fence can have fun as well i think they should do rcs based on everything i've personally read about the technology i feel like it's uh it's a better technology than sms and sms has so many shortcomings that rcs kind of solves i know it's not perfect but, uh, you know, uh, based on what Google has like fixed with RCS, making it like end to end encrypted, um, I feel like Apple being a privacy focused company should realize that SMS, there is no encryption there. If you send an SMS, like people can access that pretty easily. Uh, so I feel like it would behoove Apple. I know maybe I still think iMessage would be stronger because there's a lot of features still with RCS that you necessarily wouldn't get. And I feel like iMessage would be a able to easier to evolve to add new features where RCS, because it is a standard, would probably take a little bit longer to add features because a lot of people have to agree to it. But I feel like Apple should add RCS because at least to me on my surface level knowledge, it does seem to be better than SMS. With that being said though, I have seen some people who use RCS say there are some issues where like people won't get messages. Uh, Maybe that's maybe that is because like Apple doesn't have it and like the implementation like trips it up or maybe it goes to send like an RCS instead of an SMS. Uh, but I think Apple should use it, even if it even if there's going to be like a slight competitive loss for iMessage, which I necessarily don't think there even would be that much of a competitive loss. I still people I still think people would want like the blue bubble kind of situation. Yeah, so a couple of things you, you have to even, not even all Android users have access to RCS right now. Um, I mean, I think at this point you should be able to have access to it, but it's not a guarantee. Not, not, it's just, it's not a lock. It's not like, oh, I have an Android phone, I have RCS. It's not true. There's ways of testing it. You can Google it. I'm looking at a couple of articles right here. Uh, but let's just assume <clears throat> for a minute that all Android phones had it. Let's just say Apple figures out how to make that happen. Or sorry, not Apple. Google makes it happen tomorrow. Snap of the fingers. All Android users have RCS. All right. Should Apple support it? I mean, maybe for the good of communications, they should. But as a business decision, I don't see the point. Like, what's the point for what, what's the benefit to them? I don't, and that those are two different things. Those are two different things. <clears throat> now, it's should they do it from a like a moral perspective, if you want to say that. And from a business perspective, should they spend the money to and I don't know how hard this would be to make iMessage work with RCS, probably Renee could probably answer that better than me. 
But let's say that it takes them six months to do it well. That's a lot of money to spend for no real benefit to Apple's bottom line. Like, what is that? How does that help them? Now, again, I want to be clear. That's not me saying that they shouldn't support it. I'm just asking the question, what's the business? Like, if you had to write up an art, uh, uh, you know, a sheet for the CEO of Apple and say, this is why you should support RCS. What are you saying in there? And at what point does it help Apple? I, from a business uh, point of view, I don't know if it necessarily helps them at all, uh, other than the fact that they say they care about privacy. And based on what I know about RCS is that it is a little bit, it's more secure if it's end-to-end -end encrypted than SMS would be. Um, but I feel like we always get in this talk of like, what's good for the company competitively? How can they make more money? And I know at the end of the day, that's what most companies are obviously here to do. But there's something to be said for the user experience and purposely keeping a, a user experience bad just to make more money. And I feel like that's very anti-Apple. I feel like Apple usually doesn't take that route unless they have good reason to do something like that. Uh, to, to make the user experience worse is ultimately going to be bad for you because anytime that you communicate with someone uh, in a green bubble through an SMS and they don't get a message, that might reflect badly on SMS as a technology, that might reflect bad on the carrier, but what can happen is that people will go, every time I send a message on my iPhone, my Android friends don't get it, and that's Apple's fault. They could also take that approach too, and I'm sure a lot of people in the US might actually have that point of view where they try and send these messages and they go, well, is it my fault? Is it is it my phone's fault? And where Apple doesn't have a dominant market share in places like Europe or China, that actually might be a bigger deal. I know here, Apple has such a huge market share that a lot of people just, their instinct is to go, well, it's Android's fault because they don't have this system in place. But in other parts of the world where iOS is not as dominant, I feel like Apple does risk losing customers that way if they don't adopt just basic technology at this point. And I really feel like SMS is such an old technology that, yeah, if it's not here today, it's not the biggest deal, but like, are we still going to be using SMS in the next five years? Like, I really hope not. I really hope there's something to replace it because it, it's, it is an awful user experience at this point. Yeah, it was cool for when it came out, but it's definitely outlived its, uh, its usefulness. Um, I don't know. It's, uh, there's a lot of good um, comments in the chat about this, people on different sides of the fence. I, I see both sides pretty clearly. I, like, I would like to see, like, if Apple isn't going to implement RCS, I would like to hear their reasoning as to why not. Mm -hmm. You know, if they have, like, a significantly good, like, reason of, like, well, all those messages still go through the carrier and they're not meeting our definition of end-to-end -end encryption and it gives too much control to this certain group or it all goes through Android servers. I don't know, whatever, whatever, or Google servers, whatever they're going to say. I would like to see their reasoning as to it. But right now, it's just they say nothing about it, which maybe speaks to a business practice of, well, we just want iMessage because we know that's the best way to communicate and that will get people buying iPhones. Yeah. You know, I the funny thing is a lot of people are talking about WhatsApp. A lot of people from Europe, there was a, a really interesting kind of hot fire um clubhouse the other day i don't know if you heard this that viper was in and they I were talking did. about this oh my god did you hear that one guy who yes. was just talking about how the u.s is are all ignorant because they won't install an app and i'm like yeah. well hold on for a second first of all 
It's not like WhatsApp has the best reputation. Let's be clear about that. Number one. Number yeah. two, why should I have to? It's funny because someone else in my comments were like, why don't they just. One person said, I thought this was hilarious. They said something like, why not be a good friend and just install an app? And I'm like, why not be a good friend and just use the thing that everyone else is using? Like, you, you can use that same market for both sides of the argument. So don't say, oh, it's just one app to install. Well, what if I don't want to install it? Why should I have to install it? And much to what um, uh, Tech King Mike said is, you know, sometimes you go, okay, well, look, I'll, I'll try to get my parents to install this app. They don't know how to use it. They don't want to use it. They just want to pick up their phone and text somebody. Imagine having to install something before I could talk to you. Like I, in America, you can pick up a phone and send a text message. And as soon as you start up the phone and it's connected, you can text message somebody. Uh, with WhatsApp, you got to log in. You have to have an account. You got to have friends. You got to do all these weird things. It's like, what? why? Why do I have to do that? Why can't I? Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be SMS. It can be whatever it is. Uh, why can't it be more ingrained into the the native support of of the phone? I think that's the problem. Um, yeah, but you're right. Overseas, like WhatsApp seems to be the dominant and kind of most default thing. And it's not only is WhatsApp a text messaging thing, it's also like a payment thing. Like it's its own ecosystem. Like it's a big deal yeah. outside of the US. Um, and that's fair. That's cool. That's dope. But um, I don't want to have to install something else. I mean, personally. Yeah, and I know uh, Facebook owns WhatsApp, and that is like a big point for a lot of people to the point where they don't want to use that as the default messaging service. And if you have a strong opinion on like privacy, uh, you would never want to use WhatsApp because all that information is getting funneled through Facebook. So yeah. I don't even believe... I mean, the problem is people will say like, everyone uses WhatsApp in Europe, and I'm sure it probably has like the largest market share, but there's no way everyone uses it. That's just statistically right. impossible. Like I'm looking up right. stats right now about the average use of like WhatsApp in Europe. And like some countries have like ridiculously high percentages. Like Spain says 89.5% of people use WhatsApp. But if you go to like the UK, 70% of the people use WhatsApp, which is high, but there's still 30% of people who aren't using WhatsApp. And that's kind of more of a similar situation to what we have here in the United States, maybe with iMessage. So I just don't, I feel like it would be nice if there was a universal chat app, but I just don't know if that would ever be a thing because that would, that would basically mean one person has control over all of that, whether that's the carriers, Google, Apple, Facebook, whoever. If we all had a universal chat app that everyone used, I think that would actually, I know it's nice because Oh, I can reach Travis. I can reach whoever on this platform. I can send them a message. I know they're going to have it. But if they have complete control over it, what what kind of awful systems will they implement knowing they could just get away with it because everyone's using that? If everyone really used WhatsApp, what's to stop Facebook in the future from implementing some awful policy or implementing some payment system where it's like, well, everyone has to use WhatsApp, so now it's $10 a month. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like, uh, you know, so I don't, competition is always good. You never want someone to have complete control over something. And I know messaging seems like such a simple and basic service, but there wouldn't be as many players in this space and as many people trying to get control of this platform if it wasn't important. And it is very important. It is basically the main way we have private communication with 
anyone nowadays. So to give complete control to one company to just accept that, I feel like that's a really slippery slope. And to hear that argument from people from Europe who usually who usually seem to be like, we have a lot more options than you people over in the States is kind of weird to me. It's like, huh, like why would you want lockdown of just, oh, get WhatsApp? Yeah. It, so for those of you listening to the audio podcast later, um, first of all, thank you as always, but I definitely want to encourage you to come over to the YouTube channel and watch um, some of the comments people are saying that in the chat are really good. They're really, some really good questions and some really interesting thoughts. Um, so definitely make sure you check out the uh, YouTube channel for some of these really cool uh, comments. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, if you're picking something, you're picking something and um, you're, you're, you're in whatever that is. And rarely are people across multiple messaging apps because at that point it's no longer convenient. And a lot of people are willing to pay for convenience with, uh, with like compromise, um, which can mean a lot of things. It can mean your security, it could mean paying for it, it could be whatever, if, by the way, for the most part, if something is free, your payment is you, is is you access to you and your data is typically the payment for something that is quote free. Um, your I think five hundred four has a good question. We say, what if Apple let Android users use iMessage for a monthly fee? So this has come up multiple times, and it actually came up in some documentation, uh, and in the lawsuit with I think Epic, I think is what it was. Yeah, and there were emails sent behind uh, behind closed doors, so to speak, from some high level executives that actually wanted to allow iMessage to be able to be accessed on Android, and the pushback was always, you know, in so many words, it's our competitive advantage, and you know that's kind. Of, I mean, is that how you interpreted it, Greg? Yeah, uh, I basically interpreted that iMessage is a competitive advantage. And I think the main takeaway from those internal emails, because listen, we always judge Apple as one company, but it's made up of so many different people with so many different ideas, is that they were scared that if they put iMessage on Android, that one of the things that's so strong when you have like an iPhone household because of iMessage is you buy your kids iPhones, but if they had iMessage on Android, well, you could just go buy a cheap Android phone. Why would you buy them like a, a $600 iPhone? So that's what they were scared of and what it seemed like in those internal emails. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, it, it's it's funny because this seems like such a simple problem to fix. On the surface, it is. It really is not that complicated. It's like, sure, everyone uses a thing. Find one, one API or something that everyone can dig into and then just use that, right? But... It, it, no one's willing to do it. Yeah, I, I feel like iMessage on Android too. Like it sounds nice. I just, I would not, like the people I know that use Android besides like tech reviewers, they would sign up for it. But like the people I know, like who aren't like super into tech who use Android, there is no way they would pay monthly to use yeah. iMessage. There's just no Why way. Not? No. They, they, they don't think there's a problem with the green bubbles. Like they don't get it. Like I try and explain it to them, like the benefits of using not just iMessage, but any messaging platform, like, uh, you know, WhatsApp or even like uh, DMing someone, like what are the advantages of using that instead of going through SMS? And they can't seem to like figure it out. Like they don't, they really don't know what the problem is a lot of the time. And it's like, well, you can send emojis, you can do reactions, you get better video quality. And for a lot of those people, they just don't seem to really yeah. understand it that well. They they definitely wouldn't pay for it, especially when you no. consider the average Android user 
uh, a lot of the apps that are on their phones are already free apps. And it's unlikely that they're going to pay a subscription yes. fee for something for messaging, especially when there's so many free options. In addition to that, when you look at the top selling Android phones across the world, none of them are flagship phones. They are usually budget level phones, which means people are not trying to spend a whole bunch of them on their phones anyway. Um, so they're definitely not going to spend an extra couple bucks to do iMessage to their one or two Apple friends. I, I don't dislike the idea. I think it's actually a cool kind of compromise, but it, uh, I don't think Apple wants to do it. It would have to be the reverse situation. You would have to have, uh, you would have to have like Google as the dominant messaging platform with whatever yeah. messaging platform they had, and then iOS users would probably pay for that. But on the flip side, most Android users don't buy a lot of things on their phones. That's why like yep. Android has the most market share. But if you look at like App Store sales from the Google yeah. Play Store versus Apple's App Store. Developers close. usually target Apple first because they're going to make way more money on the App Store because uh, just statistically, people who use like an iPhone have more disposable income. Or they're going to they're willing to spend the money for yeah. the type of apps they get there. Yeah, 100 percent. Same thing with, by the way, ironically, the the Amazon App Store, which is kind of an offshoot of Android, their conversion there is pretty high, too. Um, it's really? because it's targeted to the. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like uh, app, uh, Android uh, app uh, um, developers like it there because people because first of all. When you're when you're using like one of their Amazon tablets or something, you're already you bought it for cheap, right? And the whole reason that those things exist are to sell you more things on Amazon. And a lot of the people that are using those <clears throat> those tablets and apps and stuff are older people who just want whatever, and they're more willing to pay for stuff because it's through Amazon. So they already have this brand recognition of this app store, and even though it is limited compared to Android, when something's there, they tend to do pretty good. Like they, they I'm telling, it's weird. I, I I was kind of surprised by that too. You know, I believe uh, yeah. it because people just have their payment information in Amazon already. So it's yep. like, oh, I'll buy an app there. Uh, no problem. Uh, Katya uh, brings up a good point about Hangouts because mm -hmm. I feel like Google really missed an opportunity in the early days. The first like big messaging platform that I used was Google Hangouts. And that was like my main uh, form of messaging for a long time. And I can't believe they really like dropped the ball with that. They had like so many different chat apps that they were experimenting mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. And if you go back in time and look at all the features that Google Hangouts had, it was ridiculous. You yeah. had you had messaging, you had group video calls before anyone like really mastered them. Like Hangouts was doing that <laughs> way back in the day. Yeah. And I don't know what happened there with Google because it was Hangouts is pretty popular. And now what? It's like it's not a thing anymore. Like it's no. it's discontinued, right? You used to be able to stream on YouTube with it. Yeah. I mean, it's around somewhere. I think there might be some aspect of it going on, but it's not the way it used to Let's be. See. I just got to search. I haven't used it in a while. I think but. it's in like if you're in your Gmail, I think I see it on the oh. side there or something. Yeah, it is but it's here. so it's so hard to even know what exists with Google because they have so many things for the same to accomplish the same thing, which isn't, you know, oh, choices is great. Well, choice is great until you have too many choices. Yeah, and it's, it's just an obstacle. Yeah. Yeah. Hangouts went corporate is what people in chat are saying. Hangouts yeah. launched in 2013. And I just looked at my Hangouts and I went to like my my first Hangouts thing and it was in 2013. So look at that. Mm. Look how, wow. look how, that's so long ago. And they, it was so popular. All my friends use Google Hangouts and I don't think anyone uses it now to the point no, that I thought it was all. dead. Not at all. Not at all. Um, so anyway, uh, we'll talk more about that. Of course, leave us some emails, voicemails uh, for the podcast. We'll definitely talk more about that uh, in a future episode as well. 
Now, I do want to talk about this other thing, which has come up and been twisting people's nipples a little bit too. Oh. And that is uh, AirTags. So as you remember, as first discovered or even talked about on GadgetCast. Now, I feel kind of proud that this basically spun from the minds of GadgetCast. Mm. That when AirTags were first announced, I, I wish I knew the episode. A matter of fact, before you know how it was, you know, hold on. Was, let me, well, go ahead. It was before AirTags were announced that we've no. had this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's the thing. I still need to get rid of one of these other gadget cast headphones. So maybe, maybe as, maybe as uh, the way to get rid of, cause Greg never comes up with a thing. Maybe whoever can find out what episode it is that we first talked about using air tags as, as uh, tracking somebody without their knowledge. If you can find that episode in, I don't know, tweeters or email us or whatever, maybe I'll send the last GadgetCast headphone. So again, it's a Soundcore 10 with our logo on it. it. There was only like six made in the world. Soundcore Anchor themselves made it. And uh, I'll send it to you because I'm kind of curious what episode that was. But anyway, I remember Greg talking about it and I was like, well, when these things come out, I'm going to try it. So I tried it and it worked. I was able to track my best friend um, around town without him knowing. And this is the video that's on my YouTube channel right now. It's got like 260 or 50,000 views or something in it. Still getting views because just recently in the news, what I basically said in that video is starting to happen. Criminals are using it to track people. Now there's the, the controversy here is not so much is this a surprise, but it's like two or threefold. Number one, well, trackers have existed for a long time. Why is Apple catching flack? And number two, in my second, my follow-up video, I said, well, you know, looking at it from a business perspective, Apple should just get rid of AirTags because, like, what's the point? They're not making enough money off these things for it to be worth the PR risk of something bad happening, right? I, I, at least that's still my belief. I still believe that. Now, from the technical aspect, why this is different than things like Tile is that it's actually more effective because unlike Tile, where you have to have the app installed on the phone in order for it to track anything... Um, this just uses iPhones as basically pinging beacons. So you don't have to have any app installed. Your phone or someone else's phone, some random iPhone, just needs to be nearby to then ping that information somewhere else. So it's incredibly effective. Now there's other ways of doing this. There's GPS ones and there's, okay, fine. But as soon as, and we've said this a million times in this podcast, Greg, as soon as Apple does something, it legitimizes it. And what it basically has done is legitimize a $30 people tracker. And now it's all in the news and people are now saying, well, should they get rid of it? Should they, do, should they not? AirTags are fine. You know, it's just, it's not part of the problem. Humans are the problem. But the thing is on that video, if you look at my comments, one of the, I think I pinned it, a guy in the, from my follow-up video said, my girlfriend, I think he said his girlfriend or his cousin or something, he told her about that. They checked her car, her car had one and 20 of the cars in her apartment complex had they found hidden air tags on the bottom of their cars. That's kind of mm. crazy. <laughs> this is not wow. a onesie twosie thing. This is happening multiple times and multiple people in the comments are saying, yeah, yeah, that happened to me. Well, it's creepy. So what do you think? Generally speaking about the, the quote controversy of this, what do you think? Um, yeah, no, I remember having the conversation because AirTags was like rumored for so long. We're like, what's what's the holdup with these things? What a simple product to launch. And I think we basically yeah. discussed that there's a lot of privacy implications with launching a network like this. And Apple really has to go out of their way, being the company they are, 
uh, to handle it well, where other people could probably just completely ignore the fact that, th that there might be unwarranted tracking because they wouldn't get the publicity. Um, I know Apple's taken steps here. <laughs> Jeez. I know Apple's taken steps here for uh, the uh, features to actually let you know if an AirTag is tracking you. I have a couple AirTags. I have one on my keys. And uh, I was actually walking around probably about like a month ago and my phone just gave me an alert going, there's an AirTag by you. And it was my AirTag. And I'm like, okay, that, that's like a little excessive. Like this is my mm -hmm. device. You don't have to mm -hmm. warn me that there's an AirTag near me. Um, mm -hmm. So I commend them for actually going through the steps of warning people and implementing the system and actually thinking about, we don't want this to be used for um, people tracking to the point of where when they first announced these features that you could check for AirTags, a lot of people were upset because they planned to use AirTags as a way to deter thieves, where really Apple doesn't even want you to use it for that reason. They simply want you to use it as a, as a system to find lost items. Mm -hmm. So they are really proactive about warning you about this stuff. But as you pointed out and, and your stuff, that... Uh, if you're on Android, well, what are you going to do? Because while iOS may pop up these alerts and even even that throws into question how effective it is at popping up these alerts on a timely basis, if you're being tracked for 24 hours, that's a long period of time to go getting tracked. Uh, they, they, what, made an app for Android where you can kind of try and find the AirTags and you can scan for them. But most people who own an Android phone are not going to download that. Most people are not going to walk into their car every day and scan, scan for an air tag to see if they're being tracked because most people couldn't even fathom the idea that anyone would want to track them. So I think for Apple, it's an issue, obviously, from a publicity standpoint, because they are a big company. Any negative story that AirTags generates is going to reflect poorly on Apple as a company. But with that being said, I it is unfair in a way to point all the blame at Apple because there's devices that do this. I looked on Amazon one time. There is literally a $30 GPS tracker, not Bluetooth, live tracking, GPS live updates for 30 bucks. And they advertise people tracking. They they advertise it. They say you can stalk people and put this on a car mm. and you can, it's already magnetic. So you can just attach it to the bottom of their car and you can track people all you want. So uh, I don't know if the, cats out of the bag because everyone knows that these devices are a thing now i don't know if apple discontinued air tags tomorrow if if it's kind of too late like people are aware of the technology already or if maybe i don't know maybe maybe that would be enough to where people go oh i guess these things don't exist anymore it's it's really hard to answer that because i feel like apple's done what they need to do mm -hmm. to try the best they can. I'm sure there's probably more steps they could implement, but I really feel like they've gone out of their way to think about this from a privacy standpoint. And there are so many third-party devices that you could buy that, that do the job better as a people tracker, that there is no form of scanning. So I don't know what's worse, to kind of have AirTags be popular and even just have the ability to scan them mm. or to get rid of them at this point and then give these people these really awful options that you can use. Mm -hmm. And there is no such thing as scanning for these devices with like just your phone. Yeah. I mean, for as long as they are in the control of Apple, Apple can continue to roll out software updates to then kind of help 
figure this out. So that's one point uh, I, to say, well, if they need to be out, it's probably better for them to be out so Apple can then figure out a way to solve this. Because if they don't have the product out and you leave it to like Samsung and, and Tile, they're not, they're not really on top of this. And by the way, the Samsung smart tag and Tile don't work the same way. Like I said, the smart tag, I believe, only works with like Galaxy S20 and above. So there's tons of phones out there where it just plain doesn't work. So it's, it's not the same. It's just not the same. Um, having said all that, it is a really complicated thing. And if, you know, I was in the boardroom when they were coming up with this product, I would have said, okay, here's all the, the, the risks involved with making this product. Now, how much money are we going to make on these things versus like almost anything else we sell? And if it's not that much, if it doesn't move the needle, I say, don't do it. Cause what's the point you're risking a lot for probably not that much money when you compare it to everything else that they're doing. And it's just not worth it. Like it's just, it's just not worth it. So now that it's out, the genie's out of the bottle. I mean, you got to figure it out, I suppose, but I would have stopped it before it got started. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's a good product too. That's, that's mm -hmm. the shame. Cause like it does what it advertises. It does like, I don't know. I have it on my keys. If I need to find them, it plays a sound or it does like the little arrow pointing thing and it works. It's a product you kind of forget about until you need it. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like not really on your mind. Um, I just don't know what the alternative is. Like, I feel like we just kind of need to educate people about the unfortunate world we live in. Because yeah. again, if someone really wants to track you, there are better devices than AirTags where they True. can do real-time tracking and you can be in serious trouble. Yep. Um, it's just whether or not people knew the technology existed. The fact that Apple sells these in the store and you got a random person walking in, they see this $30 item that they didn't know existed. Now they're going, wait a minute, I could track someone with this. Yep. That That's the problem. You're kind of telling people about this product that exists. I think a way that Apple could maybe do a little bit better with AirTags is I know Apple has a very strict privacy standpoint where they always put the user first. Uh, but with AirTags, I feel like if you find a scanned AirTag, I think the the thing to do is just tell you who put that AirTag on your vehicle because then you could get them in serious trouble to the point of where maybe you wouldn't ever consider using AirTags to do something like this because it could just lead to like an instant arrest or something like that. Yeah. And you know, look, look, I, I don't want to be the one to have to try to figure this out for them. I think it's, I think it's kind of deeper than probably what we're even talking about, but um, yeah, I mean, they work good for what their, their primary use is for what they were invented for. Uh, of course, people always figure out new and exciting ways to use things in ways they're not supposed to be used. It's just, just that, awful place of technology where you invent something and you think of like um you think of all these good things you can do with the product but mm -hmm. someone is always going to find something awful to use the technology for 100 percent uh all right well i i want to i want to talk about my head i'm having this weird headache uh this morning i don't know what's going on with me i went to the i finally got my blood pressure medicine back so hopefully we'll get back on that train so i can get my surgery I was supposed to get done that I didn't get done. And then I can maybe have some of those things that I miss out on. Greg, I haven't had like a good scoop of ice cream since my gallbladder attack, man. You know how hard that is for a fat butt like me? <laughs> it's very difficult, man. I wanted to have a McFlurry, you know, soon. Oh, no. Mm. So, I, and I'm not going to be able to do that in the time that I would like to do that. Mm. So, uh, yeah, we need. I need to get that done. 
You get that done. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what else? Is there anything else we should talk about before we head out? Because I want to do something at the top of the hour. What uh, What do we got? Anything else uh, in the news? I think we can end it there. All right. We do a little Slow aftercast. week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so something really cool is going to happen in two weeks. We'll probably say something more clear next week. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and uh, I'm excited for it. So I hope all of y'all stay tuned to GadgetCast for more of that cool stuff. And again, if you find that episode and you figure out a way to reach Greg or myself, I'll send out that final GadgetCast headphone. Um, the last one with the GadgetCast logo on it. Only six of, of them in the world. Uh, Soundcore made them for us, which was amazing. And uh, there's one left. And then there's one without the logo. I think, I think I'm pretty sure it doesn't have the logo. So, But we'll give this one to... Because I figure if you're going to spend the time listening to GadgetCast episodes, find that you're probably a cool GadgetCast fan. I will send this headphone out to you. So let's see if we can figure that out. All right. Well, anyway, that was GadgetCast. So he's Greg. I'm Travis. We'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>